How'd this go all screwy? Well, each wants the chest for himself, don't he? Mr. Norrington, I think, is trying to regain a bit of honor. Old Jack's looking to trade it to save his own skin. And Turner there, I think he's trying to settle some unresolved business twixt him and his twice-cursed pirate father? Sad. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots, I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. Today we are talking about the Greek chorus. Now I could have sworn that we did an episode on the Greek chorus at one point, but I could not find it in our archives, so shoot us an email or Discord message, let us know that I'm wrong, so we can make sure it's tagged properly on the website again. I know we've mentioned it before when you talked about the hero's journey, but we need to spend a little bit of time on the Greek chorus specifically, what they are, who they are, how they help a story, and how they help the reader specifically. The Greek chorus is your first go-to weapon when trying to directly communicate to your reader. In the example we had in the quote at the beginning of the episode, we have followed the story thus far. We should be able to answer this question, but on the off chance that we couldn't figure out why everyone was fighting over this box, you have two secondary characters going, wait, what's happening here? Let me explain it to you. That is a great example of the Greek chorus and how it helps the author communicate to your audience through the characters in the story. Another example is the very literal Greek chorus that you have in the muses in the Disney's Hercules. The Oompa Loompas are also a Greek chorus in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. They are saying, this is what's happening, and this is why we're murdering children. Even though only one of these can talk, C-3PO and R2-D2 are very good examples of the Greek chorus in Star Wars. And we get to see the reactions to R2 as our way of interpreting what he was saying. There is a kind of Greek chorus that serves the same purpose, so it ends up in this episode, and that's the narrator. So in Lemony Snicket and How I Met Your Mother, both of those have the narrator telling the reader, Dear reader, these are things that we're talking about. In How I Met Your Mother, future Ted is telling his kids about past Ted. You also see that in Tress of the Emerald Sea with the character Hoyd, where he is part of the story, but also telling the story in a narration style. There are very common ways that this Greek chorus is represented in the story to specifically, again, help the reader understand the story, understand the characters and what's happening. The first of those is that the author is a character that allows that Hoyd or Lemony Snicket narration style where the narrator is talking directly to the reader to help answer questions. Another common trope is literal backup singers for your hero. (laughs) That's the example we shared earlier with Hercules, where you have the muses that are narrating specific aspects of Hercules' life, such as the fall of the Titans and how Zeus came to power, and then the narration of how Hercules, after beginning training with Phil, suddenly becomes a hero well-respected in the area. The whole Zero to Hero song. Oompa Loompas also fall into that backup singers collection, where they're just here to tell the audience what's happening through jazz hands. 
Of course, the hero themselves can be the Greek chorus. You see this when you have a character who is suddenly introduced into a new culture or subculture, such as Harry going into the Wizarding World, or Vin getting introduced into this underground Alamancer society. So your hero is completely unaware, therefore, these other characters have to answer their questions. Therefore, you as the storyteller can tell the audience, here's how magic works. Of course, a very common trope that you're going to see in this is breaking the fourth wall. They are directly addressing the audience. This is information that you as the audience need to know. This is very Deadpool. Because you have to view breaking the fourth wall as different than the author is a character type of story, where it's established as the narration is already addressing the reader. Breaking the fourth wall is taking it out of its usual context and suddenly addressing the reader when that's not the normal. The last trope I want to talk about is one that I got the name from tvtropes.org, and that is the snark knight. You're going to see this Greek chorus character, the one explaining stuff to your audience, as a very snarky type character, such as Hoyd in Tress in the Emerald Sea. He has a lot of personality behind what's going on. I also want to say Chaucer in A Knight's Tale would fit very well with this snark knight. He does a lot of the exaggerated narrations, a lot of the talking, but doesn't actually do a lot when it comes to the doing things. One of the common traits that you're going to see with these Greek chorus characters is they often come in threes. The fat one, the stupid one, and the leader. I immediately went to A Knight's Tale again. You have the fat one, you have the stupid one, and you have the leader. (laughs) I mean, when characters come in threes in general, that's kind of how you have it. The Hocus Pocus sisters. Fat one, stupid one, the leader. (laughs) So having these three is very helpful to make sure that as a group, that they're individually interesting, but can still be seen as a group. It doesn't look like one character. If you are in a place of being able to create a musical, the Greek chorus often sings. Again, Hercules, Oompa Loompas, any of the musicals, you'll find some form of Greek chorus singing to the audience. And in the case of the hero being completely oblivious to how the world works, how this pocket of the world works, the Greek chorus, the informer, can shapeshift quite a bit. I'm going to teach you about this one aspect of how the world works, and then if you want to learn more about how this other aspect of the world works, when we visit this guy, you go tell him. So to be clear, there's kind of two forms of the Greek chorus. You have the Greek chorus that answers the questions, and you have the Greek chorus that asks the questions for the reader and get answers from other people. That's one way that you can differentiate it is what kind of Greek chorus do you need in your story? The one that's asking the questions or the one that's answering them? Now, there are some archetypes that you can lean on in order to get this going within your story and figure out how to fit them in in a way that you can use well. The first one is the portal fantasy or some kind of transforming from one world to another. Hagrid helps guide Harry through Diagon Alley for the first time. 
that isn't exactly a portal in the same way that like Narnia is a portal, but Harry needs help figuring out the world for the first time. So this transferring from one world to another means that you almost always need a Greek chorus. The chorus can also take on, like we've said, the role of the narrator, such as Gonzo playing Dickens in A Muppet Christmas Carol, where they are able to anticipate the questions that people will have, answer the questions, or in the case of Hoyt and Tress, saying, now's not the time for questions. And like our quote at the beginning, you can have this sportscaster commentary as something's happening, saying, this is happening, this is what's going on now here, I'll help you follow. In music, there is a guy who has like morphed and does a lot of comedy with classical music. He goes by the name PDQ Bach. And he has one version that I absolutely love where he puts sportscaster commentary over Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. And this helps see the symphony in a completely new light. And it's fascinating. It's telling a great story in a comedic fashion. So that sportscaster role will be there to serve your audience. If they're not serving your audience, then take them out. There are a few other things to keep in mind as you are considering putting in a Greek chorus to your story. First and foremost, remember that the Greek chorus specifically tends to have very little overall influence to the story and the outcomes, at least while they are acting as the chorus. The Oompa Loompas don't really change the interactions between Charlie and Willy Wonka. Of course, the exception to this is when your hero is acting as that Greek chorus that is asking the questions. But by the time they have influence over the story, they shouldn't be asking any more questions. They should have the base of knowledge that they need to carry out and fulfill the mission. And of course, the entire purpose of this role, this Greek chorus character, is to answer the questions that the reader or audience has. So if the audience is asking, why didn't the character do this? Have a Greek chorus character interaction moment with another character going, why didn't you do that? Then the hero can answer, well, because of this. Answering your beta reader's questions is almost always done through your Greek chorus characters. Also remember that your Greek chorus can be used to help lighten the mood or darken the mood or set the mood for whatever you want in your story. If you want to have a snarkier, brighter, weirder story, you can have your narrator be that. Have your narrator be a little bit like Hoyd shutting down questions saying, now's not the time for questions, I'll get to that eventually. Or have them be that sassy Chaucer type of character. I feel like Lemony Snicket does a really good job with this in keeping things grave, but still okay for kids. Like, things are dangerous, things are dark. Oh, and here's the definition of this word that this character used. It's a great mood setter to keep your audience aligned with you, the storyteller. A Greek chorus is a wonderful tool in your storytelling toolbox, especially if you are trying to write something that is a fantasy, a portal fantasy, any sort of new element that your readers won't be familiar with they will need someone to help answer the questions that they will inevitably have. So keep this idea in mind as you are writing, as you're creating your cast of characters, and figure out who can fulfill that role for you. And then write selfishly. 
If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. <laughs>